jayo radha madava kunja bihari Jai Gopijana Vallabha Girivaradhari Jai Gopijana Vallabha Girivaradhari Jashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Jashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Jamunatiravanchari Jamunatiravanchari Jayo Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jayo Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadada Sri Vasadhi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vashadi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Advaitam 
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा हरे राम हरे राम हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे जयो गौरनिताय 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 जय गौरनिताय 
jayo jagana jay jagannatha baladeva jay shri subhadra jayo radha ballab radha ballab shri radhe jayo radha ballab radha ballab shri radhe jayo jay prabhu pat prabhu pat prabhu pat jay jay prabhu pat jayo jayo prabhu pat prabhu pat prabhu pat jay jay prabhu pat ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद् भागवतम कैंटो सेवन चैप्टर नंबर एट वर्स थर्टी थ्री द्यौस्तत्सतोक्षिप्त विमान संकुल प्रोत्सर्पताश्रम च पदाभिता शैलासमुत्पेतुमुश्यम हस तत्तेजसाकुभो नरेजिरे दौस्तत्सोक्षिप्त विमान संकुल प्रोत्सर्पता क्षमा च पदाभिता शैलसमुत्पेतुमुश्यम हस तत्तेजसाखम सत्तेजसाखम ककुभो नरेजिरे 
ದೇವಸ್ತತ್ಸತೋಕ್ಷಿಪ್ತ ವಿಮಾನ ಸಂಕುಲ ಪ್ರೋತ್ಸರ್ಪತಾಕ್ಷ ಪದಾಭಿಪೀಡಿತ ಶೈಲಾಸಮುತ್ಪೇತುರಮುಶ್ಯರಂಹಸ ತತ್ತೇಜಸಾಖಂ ಕಕುಭೋ ನರೇಜಿರೇ ಜೋಸ್ತಕ್ಷಿಪ್ತ ವಿಮಾನ ಸಂಕುಲ ಚತೋಕ್ಷಿಪ್ತ ವಿಮಾನ ಸಂಕುಲ forward meaning dev out of space tatsata by his hair utchikta thrown up vimana sankula filled with airplanes protsarpata slipped out of place shama the planet earth cha also pada abhipirita distressed due to heavy weight of the lotus feet of the lord shailaha the hills and mountains samupetuh sprang up amusya of that one the lord ramhasa due to the intolerable force tat tejasa by his effulgence kham the sky kakubaha the ten directions na rejire did not shine translation airplanes were thrown into outer space 
and the upper planetary systems by the hair on Narasimhadev's head. Because of the pressure of Lord's lotus feet, the earth appeared to slip from its position, and all the hills and mountains sprang up due to his intolerable force. Because of Lord's bodily effulgence, both the sky and all directions diminished in their natural illumination. Can re repeat the translation. Airplanes were thrown into the outer space and upper planetary systems by the hairs on Lord by the hairs on Narasimhadev's head. Because of the pressure of Lord's lotus feet, the earth appeared to slip from its position and all the hills and mountains sprang up due to his intolerable force. Because of Lord's bodily effulgence, both the sky and all the directions diminished in their natural illumination. That there were airplanes flying in the sky long, long ago can be understood from this verse. Srimad Bhagavatam was spoken 5000 years ago and the statements of this verse prove that the symptoms of a very advanced civilization then existed. Even in the upper planetary system as well as in the lower planetary system, modern scientists and philosophers foolishly explained that there was no civilization prior to 3000 years ago. But the statement of this verse nullifies such whimsical judgments. The Vedic civilization existed millions and millions of years ago. It existed since the creation of this universe and it included arrangements all over the universe with all the modern amenities and even more. We'll cover the next verse also. Manifesting a full effulgence and a fearsome countenance, Lord Narasimha, being very angry and finding no contestant to face his power and opulence, then sat down in the assembly hall of an excellent throne of the king. Because of fear and obedience, no one could come forward to serve the Lord directly. Purport to verse 34. When the Lord sat on the throne of Hiranyakashipu, there was no one to protest. No enemy came forward on behalf of Hiranyakashipu to fight with the Lord. This means that his supremacy was immediately accepted by the demons. Another point is that although Hiranyakashipu treated the Lord as his bitterest enemy, he was the Lord's faithful servant in Vaikuntha. And the, then therefore the Lord had no hesitation in sitting on the throne that Hiranyakashipu had so laboriously created. Srila Vishwanachakri Thakur remarks in this connection that sometimes with great care and attention, great saintly persons and rishis offer the Lord valuable seats dedicated with Vedic mantras and tantras. But still the Lord does not sit upon those thrones. Hiranyakashipu, however, had formerly been Jaya, the doorkeeper of Vaikuntha gate. And although he had fallen because of the curse of the Brahmanas and had gotten the nature of a demon, and although he had never offered anything to the Lord as Hiranyakashipu, 
the Lord is so affectionate to his devotee and servant that he nonetheless took pleasure in sitting on the throne that Hiranyakashipu had created. In this regard, it is to be understood that a devotee is fortunate in any condition of his life. Omagyanatimirandasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshurun militam jayenatasmai shri guru venamaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Vishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Mandeham Sri Guru Sri Yudhapadakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahaganaragunatanvitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Deena Bandhu Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namastute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishvano Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Bancha Kalpaturubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Vyavacha Patita Nama Pavane Bhyo Vaishnave Bhyo Namo Namaha Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Srivasadi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Namo Mishnapadaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Shrimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamini Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunnevadi Paschata Deshatarine Hare Krishna As the pastime continues and the Leela of the nursing of Lord Nursing there also continues the great demon Hiranyakashipu is killed in a very ghastly way, where his heart has been plucked out, his intestine has been taken out and worn as a garland. If you make a movie out of it, kids will not be allowed to go <laughs> to watch such a movie. It will be, be considered adult. But here, because the beautiful pastimes of Narsingha Dev is mentioned, his mercy his protection to Prahlad is mentioned and his anger towards those who are disturbing his devotee is mentioned. All the small kids are allowed to sit in Bhagavatam class and, and, and hear this very ghastly killing of Nursing Adev to Hiranyakashipu. <coughs> but now in this, this current verse, which is verse number 33, followed by 34, the amazing opulence, strength, power, Greatness of Narsingadev has been told, where he is, he is able to even move or tilt planet Earth by his weight. Mm. So, um, it takes a lot of faith to understand how these pastimes are even happening, to begin with, how there is someone like Hiranyakashipu who could control all the devatas, all the planets sitting on Earth. Uh, he was powerful enough where he could change the season at his will 
where he could manipulate practically everything that's happening in the creation at his will. He would make non-seasonal fruits appear the way he wants. He would force cows to give milk whenever he forces them. He would, he would do anything at his will. Even that itself takes a lot of faith to understand how can someone be so powerful that if he desires, let it be day for 24 hours, sun has to stay there, can't sit. And like that was his power. Then it takes even further faith to understand this verse 33, where how Lord with his weight could tilt the earth, how just because of his force, the mountains were springing out from their position, or how his hairs were throwing off airplanes flying in the sky to outer universe. <laughs> so, we, you know, in this very, uh, very famous, uh, what is it called? These Marvel movies, we see all these characters coming and doing all these big, big feats. Um, and we all know it is all fake, it's all fictional. And no one takes it seriously other than some kids who may jump from the building thinking Spider-Man will save. Um, but that's about it. But here, for thousands of years, so many devotees are putting their faith, and these are mature people, these are adults uh, who are not interested in some fiction. They are putting a lot of faith in living their lives based on these pastimes, these teachings, and trying to realize God based on the explanation. So, so in this purport, Srila Prabhupada gives a hint of how Vedic civilization was so advanced, where aeroplanes are mentioned, where, where uh, the word Vimana is mentioned here, that uh, according to the whole world, it was Wright brothers who very compassionately gave aeroplanes. But uh, it was long, long before existed in human civilization. What to speak of this amazing uh, military art, the amazing technology they had in previous times where construction of unimaginable complexities were done. Mm, which even now also people are trying to figure out. And the beauty of construction we have is some structures like Federation Square where metal is bent and tilted. <laughs> and those very beautiful structures are no more there which were casted before. Mm. We were in Melbourne Uni once serving lunch and we were in a small park and there was a nice art made on the ground and that was literally ten metal thick rod-like shapes tilted and bent in a shape or form <laughs> and that was considered art and people really appreciated, took photos around it. So, <laughs> But we are talking here of very complex uh, even art and other, other <clears throat> understanding these people had in Vedic times and that's why Prabhupada points out very specifically that for some philosophers and thinkers, the civilization existed only 3,000 years before. Started basically 3,000 years before, but there is much more history to it. Even recently, archaeologists have, have found out uh, the whole route where River Saraswati flew, or, 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 or the River Saraswati was, was taking her course. And uh, it is almost 3,500 to 4,000 BC. The, the dating of that. But we hear in Mahabharat, even Yudhishthir Maharaj is talking about River Saraswati, which is, he is quoting some previous age of River Saraswati, which again goes back 10 to 15,000 years, even before he is talking about it. 
So, if you take the current archaeological survey of River Saraswati to be true, which which is of course uh, a very uh, experimental affair. It's not a religious belief. They have they have they have researched. They have done research to find it out. Then that same river Saraswati is mentioned in Vedic scriptures, which even goes further to that. I'm just quoting Mahabharat, which is talking about 10, 15,000 years. There are quotations which takes this river Saraswati even before that time. Hmm? So a lot of such understanding explanation is given about about uh, about this ancient civilization. And that's why Prabhupada very specifically talks about it, that here we are dealing with that civilization which existed millions and millions of years ago, and the evolution has happened from there on. Now coming to verse 34, which, which is a very interesting verse, which, which gives multiple lights and the purport Srila Prabhupada shares is also amazing, uh, of how nursing of how, of how a dev is, is after killing Hiranyakashipu, he just decides to go and sit on the throne of Hiranyakashipu, which is a very common practice. If you see the flow of the story, it appears very clear that any enemy, if you kill, if you go and kill your enemy, what you do is you usurp their throne. Once you kill your opponent, you go and you acquire what they had before. So here Hiranyakashipu is killed by Narsingadev and what Narsingadev does is just he goes and sits on the throne of his enemy. But Narsingadev is no ordinary person and that's why Prabhupada points out quoting Srila Vishwanath Chakradit Thakur that he is not an ordinary person who will just go and accept any throne. Hmm? So he brings in devotion and he brings the flavor the Lord has with his devotees in this particular pastime. That, that the Lord decided to go and sit on Hiranyakashipu's throne, you know, there is a, there is a uh, very famous procedure followed when deities are installed, it's called Pran Pratishta. So these are not just marble, metal or wood, this is the Supreme Lord and there is a very detailed procedure that is followed when a deity is installed and that's called Pran Pratishta where a lot of mantras are chanted, so many procedures are followed. Uh, many brahmanas would come, they would first clean the place with cow dunk and just goes on and on. Sometimes it takes days for this ceremony to happen. And then a very great devotee of the Lord would come and beg and request the Lord to please accept. Shall basically come and enter these forms and give us chance to serve. Now, if these all procedures are not done, the Lord would never accept to enter even the deities. So the example given here is, is the, why this example comes is because the Lord would not even come and accept the deity form unless all these procedures are done. Prabhupada mentioned in the purport that sometimes these great saintly persons, rishis, they would chant a lot of mantras and they would offer Lord a seat, but he would not accept it. He would just, he would just not come and take seat there. But here, his kindness and his mercy on his devotee, Hiranyakashipu, who is originally Jay from the spiritual world, that means Hiranyaksha is Vijay. So this Jay and Vijay who were cursed to come as demon uh, by the Chatushkumar, four Kumaras, 
their service is still being accepted even though they are demons. And there is not even a single activity they have done directly in their whole life to serve the Lord. Rather, they were the greatest enemies who went so against the Supreme Lord that, that just by thinking we feel offensive, the way they were behaving with the Lord, the way they were behaving and treating. And the whole goal and mission of both of them was to kill Vishnu, to kill Lord. The Lord has still continued to accept their service. The interesting thing is, if a devotee is reading Bhagavatam, they can appreciate this point. But if a scholar is reading this is reading Bhagavatam, they will never be able to even think about this point that why Lord went and sat on the throne of Hiranyakashipu. Because as I said, from the storyline point of view, it is just enemy has been killed and you go and you conquer the seat of the enemy. And that's what Narsingadev has done. Hmm? Very interesting statement Vishwanath Thakur makes that that how Lord went and sat on the throne is like a king is defined as one whose power is accepted by the person whom he conquers. And that's why the Lord went and sat on king's throne as if showing who the king should be. So this is Bhagavatam storyline. But Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives his devotional flavor and that's what Srila Prabhupada mentions in the, in the purport that how much laborious hard work Hiranyakashipu had done to create that throne and that offering which he did with a lot of effort is been accepted by Narsingadev. And this is an amazing point actually. If uh, Other than devotee, no one can think like this. Uh, and that too, of course, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur is very famous of thinking between the lines and telling us pastimes which are, or giving such connections, so... Um, his, his acceptance of this laborious effort of Hiranyakashipu is nothing but how the Lord constantly behaves out of mercy for His devotees. And that's exactly how the Supreme Lord does. Uh, acts when it comes to his devotees. I was I was one time with a devotee uh, at their workplace, and and the spiritual master came to visit. Uh, now this is a multi-millionaire person. He's in India. It's a huge mansion. This guy has. There's a big farmhouse actually, and there was a big mansion in the farmhouse. And the spiritual master comes, and everyone there are hundreds and hundreds of people who are standing. On the, uh, in the in the hall, and the owner's main office is right in front of us. And as soon as the spiritual master comes, the owner quickly takes his own chair out, puts a clean sheet on, and asks his spiritual master to sit on it. So I was just trying to connect this this uh, how many times we see uh, the uh, the devotee, even with their own spiritual master, does that the the this, this, the main seat. And no one is even allowed to go and sit on that chair because it's the owner's chair. It's like a throne of a king. And the spiritual master is offered that chair and this devotee, if it's in right consciousness, has this in his mind that I have all this property, this position, this money with me for serving Krishna on behalf of my Guru. 
Hmm? I, I remember it, it happened in Melbourne. Kadam Kanan Maharaj's holiness, Kadam Kanan Maharaj was giving class and his, one of his grasta disciples was sitting right in front of him. And Maharaj immediately told to him, whatever money, whatever property you have actually belongs to the spiritual master. But I am allowing you to use it, try and use it in Krishna's service and when the spiritual master needs, he will ask it back. So, it, it took it took few seconds for the disciple to digest it, <laughs> digest it, and then and then he said, "Yes, yes, Guru Maharaj, yes, yes." So this is exactly how the mood is, and and in this mood, Hiranyakashipu's throne is been accepted by Narsingadev. That that it it belongs to my servant, uh, and with that affection. The Lord just went and sat on the throne. It's an amazing point actually. So while I was preparing uh, this class yesterday, I just happened to, by chance it happened, and I, I got a quote, you know, usually we receive quotes, so I received a quote from a spiritual master, and he said, it is just exactly to the point. He said, you cannot become Krishna Das without becoming Guru Das. You cannot become the servant of Krishna without becoming servant of Guru. And you cannot become real Guru Das if you don't see and accept that everything should be offered to him for utilization in Krishna's service. Uh, so whether it's a Brahmachari or Grahastha, uh, principle is hard, but it's, it is a valid principle for devotional progress. That if we cannot see, we cannot accept that everything should be offered to the Guru, for him to utilize in Krishna's service, then we are not Gurudas. And if we are not Gurudas, servant of Guru, then we cannot be servant of Krishna. So, found um, this is very, this very interesting point coming out uh, from this particular purport. But of course, the spiritual master part is not mentioned, but that's just the thought I had on that. Last line of the purport of verse number 34. Is, is another very important point Srila Prabhupada makes in the purport. That is, he says, I'll just read the purport's last line, 34 verse. In this regard, it is to be understood that a devotee is fortunate in any condition of his life. Here, Hiranyakashipu is fortunate because his throne is accepted by the Lord. But Prabhupada is pointing to us that a devotee is fortunate in any condition of life. Many times, uh, of course, I'll take, keep me in the, uh, as, the, as an example which happens to me a lot. So many times we calculate fortune or misfortune based on how my mind and senses are getting pleased. And that's, that's how fortune or misfortune is calculated. Hmm. How, how you have been treated, how situations came to your life, how you have been glorified, recognized, not recognized, all this is calculated as fortune or misfortune based on what pleasure it gives to senses in the mind. Hmm. But if devotee is in right consciousness, Krishna reveals that he is fortunate, a devotee is fortunate in any condition of life. Mm. And this, it is, it's all about consciousness of a devotee. Uh, what to speak of a devotee, even a materialistic person sometimes have this attitude. Uh, 
this very famous story is there of a of a Chinese farmer. It's a very it's, it's a very famous story. Uh, so this Chinese farmer had only one horse. Only one horse he had. This Chinese farmer and he had two sons. One a very young kid and one was an elder one. So his now he was using his horse to till the land and helping him in the farming. So one day his horse jumped up the fence and ran away into the forest. So immediately his neighbor came and started saying, Oh, what a misfortune. Oh my God, you are so unfortunate that the only horse you had who was helping you with farming has gone into the forest. So this, he was a very, he was a very, uh, no, very learned person in terms of life. So this farmer replied, what is fortune, what is misfortune, it's very hard to say. So few days passed and this horse came back with two more horses, uh, back to the farm. So the neighbor came back again and said, oh, you're very fortunate now, now you have three horses. So this, this farmer was thinking also when he saw the three horses, two more extra horses that I can train them and they'll help me in farming better now. But he was a very learned person. Life had given him enough experience. Very wise person. So he said, oh, what is, what is fortune? What is misfortune? It's very hard to say. So he gave his eldest son one of the horses which came from the forest after him training the horse a little bit. But he was still a bit wild. So this horse knocked off the sun sitting on the top and the sun fell off and broke his leg. Again the neighbor came. Oh, you're actually very unfortunate. <laughs> the farmer again replied in the same way that I know my only son who was helping me with farming for weeks and weeks, I'll not get any help from him. But what is fortune, what is misfortune, it's very hard to say. Then the king came with his whole army because they wanted to recruit every single eldest son from each family. Uh, they wanted to recruit. So there was a chaos in the village. All the mothers were crying and because their eldest son was being recruited to the army and they knew that maybe this is the last time we are seeing our son. So the, the army came to the, his house. And this is the eldest son. He couldn't even stand because his leg was broken. So they said, leave him here. He's useless for us. And the army went away. Now all the village came to this farmer. The whole village came and they said, oh, you're very fortunate. Hmm? Because your son is not recruited. And again, this wise farmer said, what is fortune? What is misfortune? It's very hard to say. The story ends there, but I wanted more, but it was not there. So if you are curious, there is nothing more after this, what happened to the person. But the message is very clear that if we are very wise um, and we as devotees, it's very difficult to judge from that particular moment what is fortune, what is misfortune, what is Krishna trying to teach. Hmm? And that's why... Um, for beginning devotees, it's very hard, or even so-called beginning, it can be after many years also, it's very hard to know what is in our best interest, what the Supreme Lord wants me to do in this situation. And that's why a mood a devotee carries is, is, is a mood of whatever happens is mercy of the Lord. 
if i am able to do the service nicely and and if i am able to please guru and krishna or devotees then it is nice it is fortune but if i am not able to do service nicely and if i have not able to please krishna in my through my service that is also fortune because now we know what not to do next time so it's, it's in whether it's our material calculations or our spiritual life so either we win in a situation or we learn from a situation why because if right mindset is there you can never lose either you win or you learn so in devotional life also either we do something nicely or we know next time how to do it nicely so uh, and and that makes a devotee fortunate through and through the very famous another story which we hear all the time is of a king and his minister uh, so this king was in india and he had his minister and he then this minister would constantly repeat this one line and that was what happen whatever happens by the will of the lord is good so this king and the minister went for hunting and uh, not hunting while sharpening their weapons the king happened to cut his finger and the minister as a habit just said whatever happens by the will of the lord is good so this king took such an offense on the minister that come on i have cut my finger and you are my minister and you are telling that is good so he imprisoned the minister that how can you even dare talk to me like this now this king and minister had a habit that they would go for hunting regularly so this particular day the minister was because he was imprisoned the king went alone for hunting and there were, there the king was caught by by uh, kali worshipers they wanted to offer human sacrifice they wanted to do a human sacrifice they would nicely decorate feed a human being and they would they would slaughter the human being right in right in front of mother kali uh, deity durga deity and they would do a narabali a human sacrifice but the condition is that the person who is to be sacrificed his body should be fully intact even in deity worship in ritualistic deity worship if you see if the deity is damaged the temples will not accept and it will not be worshiped why the offering has to be pure and pakka perfect but this king had his finger cut so they left the king that you are useless for our offering we can't take you for offering for our narbali so the the king as soon as he was released the only person he could remember was his minister because the minister said whatever happens by the will of the lord is good so he immediately went to the prison and said release him release him um, this release this person you you were so right you are so wise because of my cut finger i was not slaughtered otherwise there is no way i could have saved today saved myself today but the king said then the minister said yes, yes whatever happens by the will of the lord is good but the king said i have a big question in my mind i was saved you are a person who has so much faith on god i never trusted or believed in god but why were you suffered why why were you made to suffer so much and you were in the prison just because you had faith in god the minister replied again the same whatever happens by the will of the lord is good 
because if I was with you, as usual days, we would go for hunting, you would be saved because you have a cut finger, <laughs> but I would be slaughtered. Why? Because my body is intact. So that, so the way Lord works is very difficult uh, to understand. And unless, and unless a devotee is in connection with the super soul, it's very hard to figure out by our own self what the Lord wants me to do. Mm? We see in the past time of Srila Prabhupada, when he was in Boston, in his very, very beginning early days, struggling to even make one devotee, Prabhupada could understand what Super Soul wants from him from a drunkard, drug addict. Because he said, hey Swami, what are you doing in Boston? Go to New York. So his connection with Super Soul, Srila Prabhupada's connection with Super Soul was so intact, so refined, so transparent, that through the mouth of a addict, he could understand what Krishna wants him to do. But in our case, because of that clarity or that transparency or that relationship with the Super Soul not being there, we need devotees. We need devotees in our lives to actually understand what am I supposed to do? What is my fortune? What is my misfortune in this condition? How to see life? How to see situations? What needs to be done at this particular moment? And many times uh, as devotees, we, we do go on a, on, a, on a spree where we independently try to figure out life, material, spiritual, in all spheres. Uh, and then after all frustration, Krishna is thrown out of the window <laughs> because we cannot figure out <laughs> what, what life is trying to do with me. So it's very important to, to, to keep... Um, keep uh, devotees with around us whom we can check. Like one devotee very nicely explained it. I felt it was very nice. He said, for most of the things in life, we all need intelligence. We need some intelligence to take decisions in life for many, for many things. But if we are humble, sincere and honest enough and we accept that we don't have intelligence, then, then a devotee, what he does, he, he hires intelligence. Mm. When a devotee understands that they don't have intelligence to take right decisions, then this devotee hires intelligence. Hiring intelligence means you ask someone who has intelligence and you hire their intelligence to achieve your goal. Mm. And, and amazing results will be achieved. Uh, the only example that comes to my mind right at this stage um, is, is when the three couples from San Francisco were asked by Srila Prabhupada to go to London and start, they were very hesitant because they all had heard the story from Srila Prabhupada that his own sannyas disciples, when they were sent to London with all financial support by Prabhupada's Guru Maharaj, Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj, they failed. And these devotees are telling, Prabhupada, we are so new, we hardly un understand the depth of Krishna conscious philosophy. And we are grihasthas. When your sannyasi God brothers could not preach Krishna consciousness in London, how are we going to do it? And Prabhupada gave them, Prabhupada literally gave them a motivational talk that time. Srila uh, <laughs> Prabhupada gave them an example of Charlie Chaplin. Srila Prabhupada said, he told a story once Charlie Chaplin was in, in a bar. And 
while getting up his 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 back pocket got stuck with something in the chair and he got up and it was fully torn so his back was fully visible his torn the pocket was torn his pant was torn but charlie chaplin went on to the stage and started dancing and seeing that what everyone in the bar started noticing that oh it's the latest fashion so every, everyone started tearing their back pocket off and everyone went on the stage to dance and there was a time when everyone was on the stage dancing so prabhupada like this gave a motivational talk speech to them but then he said you just stick to the purpose of spreading krishna consciousness and i promise you krishna will guide you through hmm? so it became such a emotional exchange between six of them and shila prabhupada sitting that one of the mataji's ashila prabhupad amongst that one of the devotees ashila prabhupad can we can we kiss the bottom of your feet to get your blessings to the fullest and prabhupad allowed them to all six to kiss the bottom of his feet and they kissed his feet and of course we all know what happened in london and it just created history but the point here is uh, uh they their faith their strength came from shila prabhupad's instructions which they were very tightly holding on to and then naturally they achieved great wonders uh in in spreading krishna consciousness in london so so uh what do we do as devotees uh when lot of challenges are there in life ups and downs are there things may not go our way there are many many verses for this there are so many different directions this topic can be taken i'm just just quoting this simple single verse to finish off which which i felt was uh was practical it says from bhagavad gita verse chapter 5 verse number 20 na praharsyet priyam prapya nodvijet prapya cha priyam stira buddhir asammudho brahma vid brahmani sthitah it says a person who neither rejoices upon achieving something pleasant nor laments upon obtaining something unpleasant who is self intelligent who is unbewildered and who knows the signs of god is already situated in transcendence so no matter what life throws at us uh, with this with this sthitadhi uh, sthitadhi with this stable mind just continue our service and try to see krishna's mercy in all circumstances and then a devotee comes to this stage or this realization of the last line of this purport lachil prabhupad makes that that everything that happens in a devotee's life any condition a devotee may go through is fortune and nothing less than that the many many examples in scriptures we see vritrasura and so many other examples where calamity is actually seen as fortune parikshit maharaj example bhagavatam is based on that a calamity is seen as fortune so the attitude of a devotee is the key defining principle and how that attitude is developed is with all the principles and much more we hear and read from scriptures so these were some of the points i just thought from these two verses to discuss if there's any question or comments or correction we can discuss prabhu ji you were saying about uh, 
Krishnadas and uh, mm. Gurudas. Uh, I just wanted to know whether every devotee has to have uh, guru and then uh, go ahead. Yeah, very important question. Thank you. Um, many famous movies are made on that. Why do you need a person in between you and God, like Oh My God movie? Um, even PK. That dial your direct connection with the Lord. Why you need an in-between person? Hmm? So it's interesting that you want to reach God, but you don't want to know what process or way He Himself is recommending to reach Him. Hmm? So it's, it's, it's amazing, it's ironic, ironical that uh, people quote in Oh My God movie, uh, this is a very famous movie, just those who don't know, it happened, it came in India a few years back, which, which confused many people that do we actually need a teacher in between us and God or we can directly reach God and just read the book and understand God. So I'm just quoting what was happening there. So they quoted a lot and they encouraged a lot to, for people to read Bhagavad Gita and just have your direct relationship with God. Don't have in between gurus or teachers. But in that same Bhagavad Gita, Krishna himself is recommending how to know him, how to reach him. But that they didn't tell. Why? Because neither the maker, nor the producer, nor the actor, no one actually reads Bhagavad Gita properly. Because in the Bhagavad Gita, it's one of the most or very famous shloka, which talks about how, it says in 4th chapter, verse 34, Tadvidhi pranipatena pariprasnena sevaya upadekshanti te jnanam jnaninastatvadarshina The vidhi, the process to achieve, attain or reach God is by approaching a bona fide guru. But specifically answering to a question, yes, we need guru, but he should be a bona fide representative of Lord. Hmm? For example, just, just if you can't see an object and I bring a lens in between and I say, sir, I'll help you to see that object by using this lens. So now, I am claiming that I will use this lens so that you can see a certain object. But as soon as I bring the lens, what you see is me. That means I am cheating you. In the name of showing you the object, I convinced you to come to me as a customer, but what I showed you was me. So if, if a bogus guru does that, it's a problem. So a guru's job is to become that lens which helps the unqualified person to see the Supreme Lord. And that lens is his instructions, which must be bona fide. They must be authorized through scriptures, not self-made or man-made. So now while trying to show an unqualified person the Supreme Lord who is, who is far beyond our reach and, and when the, when the person goes and sees the lens, you see the Guru as God. <laughs> the person claims himself as God. Basically, he comes in between hmm? in order to show you God. That's cheating. And because of that cheating, this question is in the market, whether we need someone or no. Hmm? Because we know God exists, at least those who are believers, who are theists. But we have seen enough scams and scandals and cheating in the name of showing God through the lens. So because of that corruption, this question even comes in people's mind. And it's a genuine question, we all had that. Uh, but, but 
in, it happened in my own family, really in my own family. My grandmother was in a hospital and she was not getting well. My father started suspecting something is wrong. So this is almost 25 years before, they were giving her an injection which costed 9,000 rupees per injection. It's a lot of money 25 years before. So, my father just black marked one of the injection. So three injections per day, that is 27,000 rupees a day, that's a lot, a lot of money. My parents were spending just so that their mother could survive. And my father just black marked one of the injection and he went to the pharmacy to buy next day and that same injection was there for selling. That means we paid for it day before but it was not, uh, not as medicine was not given to my grandmother but it went back to the pharmacy and resold to us or other people. You see the scam? So my father and my uncle, they both started talking that this is a wrong hospital we are in. But they didn't decide that from now because hospitals are cheat, we'll take her home and we'll treat it our, ourselves. Uh, they didn't decide that. They didn't decide, okay, let's take her home and we'll Google it or we'll read from some book and we'll treat our mother by ourselves. No. What did they decide? Let's go to a better hospital where she can actually be treated. So when, we, when people face this dilemma with, by seeing cheating around, then instead of changing the process which Krishna himself is giving, why not search for a genuine Guru, <laughs> right? So don't change the process which the Supreme Lord himself has recommended, rather we search for genuine Gurus. Hmm? And that solves the problem. Is that okay? <laughs> Answers? Identifying Guru is a skill. It is, it is actually. And the most important ingredient of that skill is a very deep, sincere desire to be genuinely connected to the Supreme Lord through genuine teachings and process. Because we want shortcut, market offers us shortcut. Shraila Prabhupada's guru would always say, there are cheaters and cheated. People want to be cheated, so there are enough cheaters in the market. If you, can't, if you don't want to be cheated, no one can cheat you. You want God cheaply, people are ready to offer you God cheaply. <laughs> if you want God the way He is, you will get enough genuine spiritual teachers hmm, who will actually offer you God the way He asks, the Supreme Lord asks. Is it okay? Thank you, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Anything else? I agree, Prabhu. Hare Krishna Raji, thank you for the wonderful class. My question was, you said, um, the Guru asked to say about giving everything you have to him in the service of Krishna. Sometimes the thought goes through the mind that, is he proud? And then after that we think, no, okay, he's using it in the service of Krishna. But the thought still lingers, then how do we... So, if, when, when we say Guru is asking everything to give it to him so that he can use in service of Krishna, so is he proud? First point is, he's not, ask, he's not taking everything away. He wants you to be in that consciousness that you, what you have, belongs to the Guru and you are using it on behalf of the Guru to run your family and all. Uh -huh. So this is about consciousness of a disciple. If the Guru is genuine, he will not exploit the disciples, right? He will not exploit the disciples. So, even though the spiritual master knows and sees 
and trains the disciple with this philosophy that everything belongs to him, still, because he is training us, he knows on what level we are and how much we can offer. So he comes and begs as a beggar that, can you help me with this, this project to serve Krishna? Hmm? He doesn't claim and demand. He knows we are not there yet. So, of course, the, the as answer to the previous question, if the, if, the, if the solution is given by finding a genuine guru, then this problem is also solved, that he will not exploit the resources you have. Like Srila Prabhupada, when he came to Melbourne, uh, he didn't even know. So, his Australian disciples, they came together, they hired a Rolls Royce for him. Hmm? They hired a Rolls Royce for him. And they came to the airport to pick Srila Prabhupada in Rolls Royce. So immediately a reporter came and asked Srila Prabhupada, Swami, you're supposed to be a renunciate. Hmm? You're supposed to be a sadhu. It happened with Srila Prabhupada in Melbourne, 75. You're supposed to be a sadhu. And here your disciples are coming here to pick you up in Rolls Royce. What type of renunciate are you? Hmm? What type of detached person are you? Prabhupada understood the intention of the question very clearly. So he said, oh, Rolls-Royce. He said, for me, it is a tin box. Huh? I don't care. But then he said, actually, if a genuine representative of God is coming, the disciples are even willing to prepare a chariot made of pure gold. Why? Because the Guru is capable of taking disciple to Krishna. So, from the disciples' point of view, they want to offer everything. But from Guru's point of view, he said, for me it's just a tin box. I'm not interested in it. It's just for commuting from place 1 to place B. But a disciple naturally wants to give everything best to the Guru. Why? They understand that he is offering something so valuable that money just can't buy it. So, at least from my side, I just try to do something good for him. Hmm? <laughs> So, it's there and it must be understood in its actual light. Otherwise, a lot of confusion can happen. Is it okay? Thank you, Raji. Hare Krishna. Siddhi. Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the nice class. Prabhuji, you mentioned that devotees are always fortunate, but we shouldn't judge this according to material happiness mm -hmm. and distress. Which means if we are spiritually happy, like if we are doing services, we are doing spiritually, that makes us feel fortunate. But Prabhu, why then Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that the devotees, um, that a devotee should tolerate both happiness and distress. Distress I can understand, but why should a devotee tolerate happiness, which makes him or her feel yeah, fortunate? Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, tolerate both happiness and distress. <laughs> so the reason, he's not saying don't be happy. He's saying tolerate what happiness can do to you. Because when we are too materially happy, we go off track from performing our duties. Hmm? I'll, I'll tell you a real-time example. Really it happened in one of the cricket match, I've told before also a few times. India-Pakistan match was happening. This is 96 Shahjah Cup, if I'm not wrong. A person had put all his money in betting, in cricket match betting. Huh? 
and this is this is in the ground it happened he won this is 1996 so this is almost 27 years before he won 2 crore rupees in gambling when he was sitting in the ground right he became so happy and he excited he had a cardiac arrest he died ha huh? real story we hear people dying from anxiety stress depression problem in family blah blah uh, this is another extreme so of course krishna may not be talking about that extreme but when we become too happy we just we just lose focus from our duties from our devotional practices also from that angle he is saying he is not saying don't be happy otherwise why will krishna says raj vidya raj goyam pavitram idam uttamam Uh, this king of knowledge this most purest of knowledge this bhakti you perform how su sukham kartum abhyam very joyfully you perform then why will krishna even speak of not sukham he saying su sukham extra happiness you will perform it even more happily very joyfully you will perform bhakti why is he even encouraging devotees to be happy krishna wants to be us to be happy a father naturally wants their child to be happy but a father doesn't want the child to be so happy that he stops studying hmm? so from that point krishna is saying tolerate both happiness and distress distress we understand that's why we question about happiness but those who understand both they learn how to tolerate and go beyond it is it okay thank you prabhu ji hare krishna okay grantara shrimad bhagavatam ki jai shila prabhupad ki jai hare krishna